Let's open and read God's word together. So this morning we are going to read from one of Paul's letter, Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 to 6. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. This is God's word. Thanks, Taylor. Um, on a personal note as well, my daughter Kate and her husband Dan and their two children, Marnie and Frankie, Franklin, um, have booked a flight for December 18th, so they're definitely coming. Dan will drive up on the following day and they have found an apartment at West End, which is just lovely. So we've been praying for that. They've started paying rent on that, I think. And the truck will arrive December 21 and unpack. We'll look after the kids for the day and they're going to set everything up. Um, and so they hope to be in by December 23rd. And so then they'll be living in Brisbane. So that's lovely. So we give thanks to God for that. We need somebody to help us with a baby seat. Because we have one, that's for Marnie, but we need one for Franklin. I just need it for a day. So i just got to go to the airport and pick it up. Thanks, Adele. The little bless you for that abundantly. And uh, we have a very special morning tea this morning, and so we have to beat the kids out, okay? So I'm going to go flat out, because I don't want to be late. We have Krispy Kreme donuts. Let's just close in prayer, eh? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thanks that we can be together. Lord, may the truths that we hear this morning help us to think about them and to choose what we're going to do with it, to obey it, to please you, um, to be open to your influence in our lives and to the lives of those around us. We ask in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Up close and personal is what I've called this one. Up close and personal. It's about building relationships. Some of you are terrific at it. Some of you are scared of it. And we're different. We have different personalities, of course. And so some of this is going to take some of us out of our comfort zones. But that's okay. Just to review. Over the last three weeks, we've said that Jesus has commanded us as his followers to go and make disciples. I spoke about the seven wonders of the spiritual world. The God, one of them, of which number five was God wants to use you. He made you, he put you here for that purpose and he's gifted you and it all begins with what we spoke about last week. We need to be authentic followers, we've got to be fair income, we have to, Jesus has got to be Lord and centre of our life. That's it, number one. Not doing that, forget about everything else, that's number one, that's the priority. The scriptures to us today, I'm going to fly through these pretty quickly, it says, devote yourselves to prayer. This is a choice you do it devote yourself and it's about being committed to prayer not just praying out loud and not just formal prayers but it's having a god consciousness wherever you are in whatever circumstance and being prayerful about it um, bringing every experience of your life into his presence and talking to him about it and while you're doing that it's being watchful in terms of what's going on what do i need to pray about but watchful also for the answers 
that God does here and he will. And the more specific we are as we pray, then it's going to be a lot easier for us to identify those answers and, of course, to be thankful. Thankful for the answers, thankful for the opportunities. So, hmm. It's very difficult to drive this thing. It's not moving much. It's turned on. Are you going to drive it? Um, It's going to be kind of hard, all right. And part of that prayer is, pray that God would open a door for us. That's what we should pray this week. Lord, open a door for us to have the opportunity to talk about you in some way. It doesn't have to be the whole gospel, but just even a little bit, an introduction to it. And if you do get that opportunity, then pray particularly that you say it clearly, that you say it simply. The Lord Jesus wants us to feed his sheep, feed his lambs, not feed his giraffes. So it's keep it simple, keep it clear, try to use normal everyday language. Oh, thanks. Um, And it then comes down to our conduct. Be wise in the way that we live our life, our behaviour. And we've spoken about this before, but that's very important. You've got to be consistent, an authentic follower of the Lord Jesus, looking for the opportunities. And then it comes down to the way we speak. Let your conversation always be one with salt. And salt is ineffective unless it's up close and personal. You've got to be in close contact with people. But it's to be seasoned, your speech is to be gracious. We are to have redeemed mouths. And out of our mouth should come something nice, kind, gracious, helpful to those who are hearing us. And it's to be habitual, to be consistent. With salt, obviously, means that it's going to have an impact. Our speech might sting because somebody is wounded and we're trying to assist or correct or whatever it could be a purifying influence or it can also be a positive flavoring adding charm and wit to the conversation or whatever and we're to be informed aware of how we should respond to people so that passage in two words is talking about implies that we need to be up close and personal with people we've got to be in close proximity to them because they're observing our life they're listening to how we speak and we're praying for them praying for an opportunity to be able to speak to them it's authentic first and then close to in a previous church her name was margaret we as a church went to a thing called river dance you ever seen river dance you can look it up on youtube it's absolutely fantastic i'm not addicted to it but gee i've seen it a lot um Margaret had a bit of a wayward life and a wayward background and got into all sorts of mischief and stuff and ended up becoming an alcoholic. And that's how she ended up in our church because we ran an AA program, um, which was at her instigation. And she led it. She was a member of our church and she led that with her husband, Jack. Margaret is probably um, the most... You know how some people go... You know how it's supposed to be ready, aim, fire... And some people are ready, fire, aim. Well, she was a bit like that in her relationships with people. Instead of being um, ready, what are you like? Now I'll accept you. She was, I'll accept you, I'll hug you. Now, who are you and what do you do? She was just totally accepting of all people. I've never seen anybody, met anybody like her. I've met people who were similar, but not to the extent she was. We went to Riverdance, about 20, 30 of us, can't remember... And uh, coming home, we got the train, we took the train in, we got the train home. And uh, when we got in, we're all in the one uh, cabin, carriage, and um, this lady came in and she joined us in that carriage. And she had a brown, uh, brown paper bag and she had a bottle in it, and she was drunk. 
And she sat sort of at one end of the carriage and we're sitting at the other end and we're sort of obviously clearly uncomfortable because we're middle class types and we've just been out to river dance and so it was a really nice night. And lo and behold, when we get home, and I think she, you know, urinated while she was sitting there and I think she was so drunk she didn't know what she was doing. We got off of the, plant, the uh, station at Ingleburn and lo and behold, that lady was there at the gate waiting for us all to walk past. She beat us off the carriage and beat us to the gate. Margaret saw her and Margaret went up to her and it was hug, accept and then find out who she is. She put her arms around her. She said, God loves you and then how can I help you? Never met anybody like her in my life. And Jesus, that's an image of what Jesus is a little bit like, that he came into our world and he went to the people that we find unlovable, that we find unattractive. And he wants us to be up close and personal. Not necessarily to people like that, but it can very well be. But he wants us up close and personal to people who are far from him. Now, I know this is a difficult issue for some of you, and you may have some concerns because you may have been raised in churches or in Christian families and you've always been taught particularly as a young person probably that you are to um, not love the world that you are to avoid the world you're not to associate with the world and you can quote the biblical scriptures James 4 4 you adulterous people don't you know that friendship with the world will mean enmity with God Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. We shouldn't be friends with the world. The Bible says it. Or it says this. Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Or good morals. That's true. It does. Or, before I get there, when you look at those scriptures and you look at them in context, when it talks about the world, it's not talking about people. The world are people who are participating in evil and rebellion against God. And what the scriptures are saying is, you love people, but don't get involved and participate in the evil things, the bad things that they're doing. That's the world, the system. That it's either people who are doing evil, or it's people, who, governments, or it's organisations. It's love the people, but don't participate in their sin. So it's get close to, but don't be influenced by. And if you're getting dragged into that, then you may need to give yourself some distance and strengthen up before you can possibly go get, because this is what the Lord Jesus prayed. My prayer, Father, is not that you'll take them out of the world, but that you'll protect them in the world from the evil one. As you sent me into the world, so I'm sending them to the world. And the world that Jesus sent them is the world of people, lost people, people that God made and people that God certainly cares about. You might be worried that this may damage your reputation. Now that's where you've just got to walk by faith and leave your reputation with God and not worry what people think about you. The Lord Jesus ruined his reputation. People said all sorts of terrible things about him and he was a glaring example of it. People were saying of him he was a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. And when it says sinners, of course, it's talking about the bad people, the really low life, the scum, the baddies. That indica and of course that's not true of Jesus, he wasn't a glutton and he wasn't a drunkard, he did hang around with tax collectors and he did associate with sinners in order to reach them but he wasn't influenced by them, he influenced them. That's what we are to do. But that gives us a clue into the sort of people that he hung around with, the sort of people he came to reach. Our neighbours members of our family who are far from God or whatever it is. We're not to be like Lot. Lot made the mistake 
that he moved towards Sodom, he was near Sodom, and then you find out that he actually bought a house and was living in Sodom. And at the end of his life, he has absolutely zero spiritual influence upon anybody, even in his own family. Uh, and he's saved, and his own two daughters. We know the story we spoke about a couple of months ago. Lot would have had far more influence if he had have stayed near Sodom, on the outside, and had have visited and gone home, visited and gone home. He would have been more strategically, spiritually speaking, to do that, would have been better. But he went in, associated with, and was participating in. He was a leader at the gate. He was making the rules and the laws and the policies of how Sodom would operate. He was involved in it, not participating personally because he was a righteous man, but tormented in his soul, Peter tells us. Here is an exercise for us to do this week. I know I'm going very fast. I'd like you to think about some of these people who are far from God, who are in your sphere of influence, who are close to you. Think about whether it's, well, let's say three. It could be more. But I'd like you to write down the names, pray about it, say, Lord, who do you want me to put on my hit list? Who do you want me to be targeting? Somebody you're in regular contact with who is not a churchgoer, they're far from God, they don't know Jesus. And I want you to pray for them. Pray that God will open a door of opportunity for you to engage with them so that someday, somewhere, maybe in the future, and it could be years away, sometimes this takes a long time. So you've got to be genuine in building this bridge of relationship with these people. It's not a, we're not after spiritual scalps. We're about building relationships that we can have... Uh, a real and authentic conversation with people about what's important, the gospel. And remember, the Holy Spirit is our unseen partner in reaching people that we care about and that he certainly cares about. Real friends listen to friends. So become real friends with people who are far from God. If you have most of your people in your contacts, if you're like me, if most of the people you know, if most of the people you associate with are believers already in the Lord Jesus, then you're going to have to work hard, like I do, to try and find non-Christian people, neighbours. I think I've told you this, I'm not sure. I'll say it again. Around the eight neighbours that we have around our house, in a couple of months, we will have six new neighbours Owners are moving back, people are renting, they're moving out. We already have about four of those, we've still got a couple to go. And there's only one other neighbour down the road from us, two houses away, that has been there just about as long as what we have. So God is giving us a new set of targets, which we're excited about. And it's not like God said, well, you did a lousy job with those six, so they're moving and I'll, I'll give you a second chance. Don't mess this up. So I went across the road the other day and I shook hands. Did I tell you this? went across the road the other day and one of them is an Indian, they're from South India and the guy across the road, two houses up this way, he's from South India too and they're at each other's house so I went across the road to meet them, shook their hand, I walked across the street, went up to them, they're looking at me as I'm coming up their steep driveway and I said hi my name's Daryl, shook their hand and they told me their name, which I can't remember. <laughs> one of them's Sita, Sita, that's it, all the rest is gone so I've got to go back and say sorry. My name's Daryl. What's your name again? <laughs> anyway, uh, I said, listen, in about, I don't know, five, six weeks, how about when we've got all the new neighbours here, we'd like to have like a, a gathering, a, a street party. Uh, come to our house and we'll have afternoon tea together. We'll have uh, instant coffee, tea bags and little cellophane packets of biscuits that are all wrapped up. I can flog those from the church. It won't cost us anything. <laughs> 
no, we're not doing that. There'll be Krispy Kremes left over, I'm sure. We could probably hang on to some of those. Anyway, I'm excited about that, and we're praying into it that we could get to know our neighbours a lot better. Um, one of our neighbours, uh, they attend here occasionally, um, and they're just delightful. Um, if somebody's like Margaret, then this lady is heading in that direction. She's pretty close to it. Anyway, that's an exercise for all of us to do this week. Write down a list of names and so on. Let me tell you about Matthew. Matthew, or Levi, was a tax collector. We're not told a lot about how many times Jesus met him or encountered him, but they would have been numerous. Um, and eventually, one day, Jesus gives the invitation, come follow me. Tax collectors, I'm sure you know, um, were about one notch above the mob. You know, they were rip-off merchants. It was legalised robbery that they were participating in. Um, and Matthew, particularly, was one who would sit at his booth and so he would have been copying all sorts of public abuse. And he had the legal rights to charge whatever amount of tax he wanted. He had to pay for the Roman soldiers. Once he had done that, the rest was his. So they were incredibly well off but at the expense of their fellow countrymen, and that's why they were hated so much. Um, and that's why Jesus targeted them, because they were on the outside. Um, he probably heard Jesus teach, he probably saw some of Jesus' miracles, probably. But anyway, maybe even Jesus paid taxes to Matthew, who knows. But one day, Matthew said, uh, Jesus says to Matthew, I want you to follow me, I want you to ditch your career, I want you to give up your financial security, I want you to give up your public reputation, I want you give up your comfortable routine, I want you to come follow me. And he does. He takes the invitation. So there must have been some building going on into it, I think. And then Matthew goes home and he would have told his wife and his kids. And then one day Matthew would have bumped into his fellow colleagues, his other tax collectors that he would have hung around with, people that he liked and people that he cared about. And he realised that they're far from God, just like he was, and that they needed somehow to hear this message. So what should he do? Should he take them to the synagogue or to the temple and get them to try to reconnect with God that way? I don't think that's going to work. The temple and the synagogue would have outlawed them. They didn't want anything to do with them. What about if I get them to come along and listen to Jesus teach? That'd be great. I don't know if they would or not, but, but Jesus is so spontaneous how he does his teaching and stuff. He's, it's not on a schedule. And so how do you do that? And then he came up with an idea. I know what I'll do. I'll have a party. He's done it before. I'm going to invite all of my tax collector friends and their friends and we'll have a party. I'll invite Jesus and the disciples and we'll just hang around together and we'll engage in some conversations and who knows, maybe spiritual seed will get planted in their hearts and they'll come to know Jesus. This is Matthew chapter 9. This is told three times in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, so it's an important story for us to take note of. While they're having fun and conversing together and having a great time, the Pharisees get wind of it and they come by and they see it and they're not happy, probably because they're having fun, but also because these are undesirable type people. Matthew had discovered that, gee, the crooked can be made straight. And so he cares about these guys and he's wanting them to meet and then he thinks... Now Jesus is getting chewed out by these guys. The Pharisees, by the way, they don't complain to Matthew, the owner of the house, nor do they complain to Jesus. They go to somebody else. They whinge to the disciples over here. Jesus would have been involved in a conversation from somebody. He hears that. He excuses himself from this conversation and he goes to correct the Pharisees. 
And then Matthew probably is second-guessing himself, saying, have I made a mistake? You know, Jesus is getting chewed out. Maybe I should have gone to the synagogue or the temple or something like that. And then he would have heard Jesus' answer. Jesus says something like this to the Pharisees, you guys don't get it, do you? My father is not annoyed with people like that or with people who are outside his family. In fact, his arms are wide open and he wants them to be drawn to him. Just like a doctor... He comes to seek those who are not well, those who are ill, and he wants to heal them. God is not mad at them. God is mad about them. He made them, and he wants them. Jesus' answer is, why would a doctor hang around healthy people? I've come to help seek and to save the lost sinners. And this party is full of them. They were the sorts of people. They leave. Jesus would have turned to Matthew, I reckon, put his arm around his shoulder and said, good job, Matthew, well done. That's the sort of thing God wants us to do. He wants us to value and reach our unbelieving friends. I brought along a book this morning. It's called Dog Training, Fly Fishing and Sharing Christ in the 21st Century. You can borrow it if you'd like. This is written by a guy who was a pastor who's no longer a pastor. Uh, It doesn't matter about his story, but the book is superb. He said to his church once, whatever you do, what's your hobby? What are you interested in? He had a dog trainer in his church, big church, 8,000 people. She was into dog training. He said, then use your dog training as an opportunity for you to build bridges and get to know people who are far from God. So she did. On a Saturday morning, she did a dog training exercise with her group. And then she invited some of them back to her place to have a cup of coffee, to chat and to get to know them. And it worked. And over time, eventually, they find their way into accepting Jesus and they find themselves in church. Dog training. Fly fishing. If you're into fishing, the Lord bless you. I won't say anything. If you've got a cat, cat herding or something like that, whatever it is that you do, dog training, fly fishing, whatever your hobby is, use that um, to build bridges to reach people for the Lord Jesus. Rub shoulders with them, friend to friend. So what's the first step for us here? Start with the people you know. Whether it's a planned event or whether it's one of the ordinary daily events that we're involved in. A planned event is like Matthew's party. A planned event is going to be like, well, I was going to say the lunch and we're going to have at the end of the year. It's a little bit end of the month. It could be a little bit like that. It could be golf, tennis. We have ping pong in our church on a couple of times a week. And people not in our church come and play it, particularly the Chinese, Mandarin and the Cantonese. And they love it. And there are people who are coming to that who have now made the transition. They've started attending services. Ping pong. There you go. Chess. I like chess. I used to play chess. Play chess with a guy every week for years in order to influence him. That's another story that I can say for another day. Use special days. Australia Day, Anzac Day... Hospitality Sundays, just to chat, connect. Kids club, carols under the stars, have a street party. Baptisms, next Sunday we're having a baptism and in the 10.30 service the family are going to have a whole lot of people here from their family. They issued an invite. There you go. Child dedication, or just the normal everyday events. Have lunch, watch the game together, either live or on TV. Go to the gym with them. Well, this is freaky. But the new neighbours that we've got next door to us on the right, they speak Mandarin, not English, and we haven't met them yet. I've seen them. 
haven't met them. It's kind of awkward. They're in a gated house and I've got to figure out how to break in. I've got to figure out how to... <laughs> they have a baby. So get to know them. And one of the things we could do is we could offer to babysit. But I wouldn't do that. That's not the first card I'm going to lay down and say, can we babysit your child? <laughs> I don't think so. Time's going. Um, anyway, making friends. Aim at the one or two, not the hundred. Right. So it's people you know. People you'd like to know. Make a list of people that you would like to know. This is my list. I'm going to shoot over time. I try to go to the same petrol station. I'm, at one stage, I was doing it very regularly. Now I've just gotten naughty and gone looking for cheaper petrol. I've decided after this week that I'm going to go to the same petrol station all the time and get to know the people, the people who are behind the counter. I used to do that. The lady's name behind the counter was Rhonda. Kind of hard to forget, isn't it? But I got to know her. She loves motorbikes, and I know a little bit about her family. And it's like, get to know the things that you... The normal routine at the supermarket or dry cleaners or coffee shops, whatever it is, restaurants, doctors, dentists, pharmacies. Go to the same ones all the time to build bridges and relationship. Hairdressers. There's a great opportunity for you to get to know a person. I don't need to go to a hairdresser anymore. I have been thinking of getting extensions so that... <laughs> In Ingleburn, we used to go, I used to go to Rhonda's hairdresser, her name was Maureen. And over the years, we got to know Maureen and her story to have an influence for her. One year, she came to our carols service. Little steps, being an influence of people. What do you got to do with them? Pray for them, listen to them, build common interests and focus on them, not on yourself. Be interested in them. So that's what it's about. Develop we relationships. We all agree it's important. But how do we do it? Here is the quote of the day. The most godly, Christ-like followers on the planet will be totally ineffective unless they get near people who are far from God. Jesus has got to be Lord of our life. We have to be authentic followers. But then we have to be close to people who are far from God. We need to pray and let God lead us and use us. You need to be you in the process. Don't try and be somebody else. God made you, God shaped you, God gave you your personality, your temperament, your gifts, your background. God made you, God put you here at this time in history. God has you in this generation, God has you in this nation, in this church, in your location. God's behind all of that. Ask him why. What do you want me to do where I am? So this week, make up a list. Start today, start at morning tea. Go up to people you don't know and say, hi, my name is, I hope you know what your name is. <laughs> don't say your name is Dazzle. <laughs> Naughty. Um, and here's the clue. When they tell you their name, use their name in a sentence straight afterwards. That'll help you to remember it. Otherwise, like I do with my Indian neighbours, I didn't do that and now I don't remember. Hi, my name is Daryl. What's yours? My name is Sam. Well, Sam, have you been coming here long? That'll help you remember. And then five minutes later you go, what was his name? What was his name? What was his name? <laughs> Sam. It was Sam. Whatever it was. Um, do that. Maybe do this also on the way home. Um, 
we have, and I'm sure most of you will have, we have one of those remote controls in our garage. And so we can drive into our driveway, garage door goes up, we drive in, garage door goes down, you never see your neighbours. Is that you? This time, this week, when you drive home, pause, look around, look for your neighbours, try to make eye contact with them. If you've never met them, just wave. And then race inside, put the garage door down. <laughs> And let that be the beginning of building the relationship. Um, sometimes I deliberately go out the front when they're out the front mowing the lawn in order that I can try to say hello or whatever. Try different things like that. This week, spread grace. God wants us to make disciples. He wants to use you. He wants you to be an authentic follower. You've got to get up close and personal. I think that's enough. All this is going to be review. Pray. Ask God to open the door. Be clear, simple. Watch how you act, how you behave, and speech is always with grace and salt. Be up close and personal. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this is the truth that we need to embrace and practice in our life. Can you help us? Lord, put on our hearts the people that we want to target, to pray for, to build bridges into. And then, Lord, help us to learn how to have those conversations. I pray that you'll go before us. I pray that you will use us. And most, excuse me, most of all, Heavenly Father, I pray that you would fill each of us with your spirit and that Jesus would be Lord of our life. We pray in his name. Amen.